From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 487 for the week of August 23rd, 2015. The Design Plug Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata willie and Tony Spatel. In this segment we take one of our patented Day 6 adventures, this time it's a Day 6 for Kids, Nancy heads out to the Griffith Griffith bleh, Griffith Observatory. Wow. Yep. The Griffith Observatory is a very, very famous building. Mm-hmm. Um, We've talked about it once in we a while have, yeah. We have. It has been featured in numerous, um, numerous movies. Um, it's a very popular place to go for, um, for seeing the sites and using it as an overlook for most of the city of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is located at the top of Griffith Park. Now, the reason Griffith Park is, of course, predominant, we've mentioned it many times. It's where many different, um, LA attractions are, including the infamous Waltz Barn and the Association of Railroaders that operate in that area as well. So you will approach um, getting into the Griffith Park Observatory from Interstate 5 and the Los Feliz exit. So that's how you're going to get into Griffith Park. You're going to take, or you can come um, from Hollywood and uh, come down Los Feliz from Hollywood. Either way, um, you are going to go up into the hills, and it's kind of convoluted, and they often route traffic differently depending on how busy the park is. But you will know because you will all of a sudden see the road. You'll go through a tunnel, and then you'll see everyone parking and walking, basically. (laughs) Um, A lot of times people fill up the parking lot up at the top of the hill by the observatory um, just to sightsee. So cars cycle through there quite a bit, but if you don't mind the extra uphill walk, which is downhill when you're leaving, um, (laughs) you know, certainly find, if it looks like it's a busy day and lots of people are walking, park and walk. It's just the easiest. It's not too horrible. Or you can, you know, wait the, wait your turn and try and get up the hill into the parking area. Um, now, the Griffith Observatory is open Tuesday through Friday from noon until 10 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, even on the website, they say expect very heavy summer traffic, limited parking, and road closures, especially on weekends and on Greek theater show nights. Okay. So that's good to know because you do have to drive past the Greek theater to get up into the building. So that being in mind, um, let's talk about admission. 
So admission um, to the, the building itself, all of the grounds, the telescopes, parking, free. Oh, That's wow. such a great deal. Is it there, is. It, do they charge to get into Griffith Park? No. No. Wow. So now the only thing that really they charge for is planetarium show tickets. And the planetarium shows um, are $7 for adults, $5 for students with IDs and seniors, and $3 for children between 5 and 12. Um, children under 5 are admitted to the first show of the day only and must sit on an adult's lap. <laughs> okay. So, and if you're a member of the observatory, the Friends of the Observatory, the tickets are $5. Um, and tickets must mainly be purchased at the observatory on the day of the show. So, if you're waiting in line with all the people and all the school groups on a weekday to try and get in, keep that in mind that... Um, Keep that in mind that people are going to enter the front door and immediately buzz to the left to the ticket window. And and like I said, when you enter, it is you're going to enter into a rotunda with a full cult pendulum in the middle. And you're going to see the ticket um, sales window to the left. But I'm assuming and they do the show... A bunch of times. Yes, there are eight performances each weekday and ten on the weekends. Okay. On the weekend days. But like I said, if you're a family with really, really little kids, yeah. you're going to want to bust hump and get over to the thing. Especially if you see that there's a school group. Because school groups will usually take the earlier shows. Yeah. And they can take up to, you know, 35, 40 tickets at a time. Right. The obs now, the planetarium is fairly large. It will hold a few hundred people so don't sweat it too badly but just saying um, they do accept Visa, MasterCard and Discover or cash um, they do not accept checks or, or anything like that or traveler's checks so that's good to know mm -hmm. now they're open six days a week they're, not, they're closed on Mondays um the Griffith Park itself is open from sunrise to 10 p.m. That's good to know. Um, they are, they have a holiday schedule on their website, so I won't go into details, but as you can well imagine, all the major national holidays, um, it's closed except 4th of July. It's open. And another day they'll surprise people that it's closed is actually Cesar Chavez Day. Which is March 30th, which was March 30th in 2015. So, um, that's a big Los Angeles holiday. So, um, so just keep that in mind that that's not your usual, you know, national holiday. Right, right. Um, cause you know, people, people come different times of year. So when you go to the Griffith Park Observatory, um, there's a couple things you might want to know. Um, you definitely want to grab a map. It's not a huge building, but it is um, separated out on multiple floors. There are plenty of elevators and bathrooms around, so that's good to know. Um, 
there's no smoking in the building, obviously, as and with most Los Angeles ones, uh, Los Angeles places, um, and no e-cigarettes or vaping either. And that's in all of Griffith Park, so keep that in mind. Um, it is a bad cell phone area. Good and that's good to know. Um, and also, um, photography is for personal use only. And you may not interfere with any um, other visitor access to the observatory. Um it's not permitted inside the theaters or in the, um, or in the, um, the Zeiss telescope dome. So that's also good to know. Um, you know, no wheelie shoes for kids. Are they maybe worn in the building, but no wheels on them? Um, no animals, but service animals. Um, no balloons. If you buy a balloon somewhere in the park, no balloons. Um, no food and drink inside the building, only in the restaurant area. And um, pretty much that's about it. Um, you may not bring food in to eat in the cafe. Or but you may not pack a lunch. Have- you may... You may not pack a lunch and use the cafe facilities to eat your lunch. That's that's pretty standard. Yeah, you, I mean, is, people bring lunches everywhere here, even into the zoo. So that's a good thing to know. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right, so now, what kind of things do they have to do at the observatory? Okay, so let's hit the floor. Let's hit the floor and go running. Um, now, one of the cool things about... It is, uh, there's multiple levels, and because this is a historic building, things are kind of laid out a little funky. Um, you do want to make your way around the outside of the building because of this, because there are a lot of telescopes, um, and a lot of, um, not telescopes, but, you know, the viewing binocular type things all around the outside of the building, and it is built on a, on a cliff. So you can go out on the promenade around the planetarium, on the outside of the planetarium, which is also where you'll line up for the planetarium, by the way. Um, and you can take a look at everything there. Okay, um, the first level is the park level. And first you're going to want to take a look at outside on your walk up. You'll notice that they have a really cool lawn model of the solar system and in the in the grass there are little um, brass tracks that show how far the how far each planet revolves from the earth which is kind of cool so once you've done that and you've entered in like i said the center rotation has your typical focal pendulum um if you go to the left you're going to go to the wilder hall of the eye and the Wilder Hall of the Eye um, talks about the history of how people look at the skies and the tools. So it talks about um, developing um, telescopes and looking at the sky, the different phases of the sky, stuff like that. Um, they also have a Tesla coil here, which they will turn on here and there. And then they have a camera obscura there as well. 
So that's your first area. And these exhibits are geared, I would say, towards kids probably about eight and up. I think some, a few of those will be a little, a little more difficult to understand, if that makes sense. Um, but over in the Amundsen Hall in the Sky, that one's a little bit different. So as you go from one side to the other, these are the two wings. The Amundsen Hall of the Sky has some really cool, um, some really cool images on like the moon phases, the tides, uh, the elements. You can see live images of the sun and talking about the sun and the stars. I like especially the little exhibits that are tucked into the pathway on the way to the sunroom mm -hmm. because they have, um, they have very relatable exhibits. Like you can walk in and see like what phase as the, as the sun move, as the, the sun and the moon move around. Um, you can see like how it moves from full to crescent. Um, there's a thing on the seasons where it visibly changes, things like that. What so I like about are, it too is that it, they have, it's interactive. They have a lot of interactive. Yes exhibits here too okay so now that we've um now that we've kind of taken a look at the top level and we've walked out on the terraces now this is also the level the this main level is also the level where you will enter the planetarium from so keep that in mind. What they'll have you do is go all the way over to the, the sun exhibit and go out the door there onto the West Terrace, and then they'll have you get in line for the planetarium right there. So be aware that that's something they do, and it is kind of confusing if it's your first time. So, but once you've done that you can go downstairs to the newer area and this is all the area that was really enhanced during its um the the observatory's refurbishment um about not quite a decade ago so um as you get down to the second level you can either take the stairs by the planetarium or you can go outside and go down um or take the elevator, you're going to end up at what they call the center of gravity. There's also a big informational booth there, too. Um, you will then proceed down to the exhibit hall, going through what's cool a cool thing called the Cosmic Connection. And it's a big, giant ramp that basically takes you through the history of the universe by years. And they've used all kinds of really neat jewelry and buttons and and just really creative stuff to, um, along with, you know, posters to illustrate this. And it's a very, very long pathway, but it's really, really fun to look at. And, and it really gives you a sense of like the whole history of time and how, how do I want to put it? How long it's taken for so much to happen and how long between how much has happened. So it's, I just found it was just really, really interesting. Um, it was one of my favorite of the exhibits through there. 
Okay. Once you get down at the end of this ramp, you're going to hit what's called the edge of space exhibits. And the edge of space is, it features stuff like, um, well, it features, the edge of space is kind of exhibit area is kind of like a balcony and it looks out over the, the rest of the entire exhibit hall to which, to something called the big picture. And the big picture is actually the largest picture of space that exists. It's, um, it's huge. It's all along the entire wall and they actually have, um, the binocular scopes for you to be up on the balcony area so you can look at it in detail, which I thought was kind of cool. So definitely, and that's such a, and apparently this big picture is such a tiny area of space in Toto that it's just really cool. So in these exhibits, let's talk about the edge of space exhibits. The Edge of Space exhibits are kind of cool. Um, besides having this balcony, you can look over onto the other stuff. You get um, things on cloud and spark chambers, um, a discussion on the moon, different pieces of the sky. Um, the moon one is kind of interesting and talks about the lunar landing and, and things like that. It also is the area where you enter the Leonard Nimoy Event Horizon Theater. Now, when we were there, the program we attended in the Leonard Nimoy Theater was actually how to make a comment. And I thought this was really, really fun. Um, the scientists, um, the younger scientists who do these presentations are very um, engaging with the audience. They're very entertaining. Um just really, really neat people. And they talk about, you know, they make a really, I would say that they can engage anybody from six up on the different forms of water and how it all works. And these are free, these are free shows in these theaters. Um, they also have programs called all space considered. That's another one on Fridays. And um, the Once in Future Griffith Observatory is another presentation, and it's narrated by Leonard Nimoy um, and talks about the creation of some of the new, um, the new things that happened as of the renovation of the theater. So that's pretty cool. Um, we did not do that one. Our, our kids just wouldn't have sat for that one. They do, uh, they do offer other programs too. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute that you actually have to go on the roof for some of those programs. Um, now they do have some seasonal stuff going on right now. Um, they have talks on the, the equinoxes and the solstices. Um, they have, programs for the meteor showers and the eclipses and things like that and other and other major anniversaries and stuff um or any anytime anything big happens in space they tend to do a presentation program um but let's get back to the bottom half of the the floor and uh 
we'll finish up that and then go on out to the telescopes, which is one of the cool, cool, um, aspects of it. And even if they're, even if it's not nighttime, you can still take a peek into the telescopes, which is nice. So let's go back down to the Gunther Depths of Space exhibits. Woo! Now, this is the bottom half of the balcony area. And one of the things that they have, um, they talk about the Milky Way. They talk about our solar system, other worlds, other stars, um, the depth of space, and the planets in general. So... I really liked these. These were very hands-on. I don't know if you have a favorite in this area, Mary Jo, or not. I like all of it. There's, I find the Griffith Park Observatory to be very interesting, and um, I I go there. I take people there all the time, and I go there with family. Now I, I have the to... planetarium. I have to admit, I really, really enjoy the planetarium show. One yeah. of the cool things they do about this planetarium show is it is not, um, it is not a recorded narration, but it is a live narrator. Yeah. Throughout the planetarium show. And the gal we had that did our planetarium show was very, very good. Um, it was on water and where water comes from and how, of course, the, the rotation, the tide, Earth's rotation, the tides, etc., um, and the weather patterns are all determined. And frankly, my kids were completely engaged during the entire planetarium thing. They didn't know what to expect. It was their first planetarium program, and they really, really liked it. I um, I think that any school age child will find this uh, the observatory interesting because of the interactive because you can really relate to everything you're looking at they talk about the moon we see the moon they have live pictures of the sun they talk about sunspots you can see them in the live pictures and they explain them there's so many things that they that they explain about our planetary and our star system that is on the level of the children Yes. So it's they like you said that's why I think your girls were able to enjoy it so much is because it's it's good for us and it's good for them. I always like the fulcrum yep. um pendulum. I think yeah, it's so cool that they have that there. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it was never not surrounded. Every time we pass through the observatory to different places, everybody gets into the fulcrum focal pendulum. Um, I should mention there are two others um, that they run in the planetarium besides Water is Life. One is called Center in the Universe, which is a journey of cosmic exploration and discovery. Um, the other is Light of the Valkyries, and it talks about the Northern Lights, and that, that actually was designed as the 75th anniversary show for the observatory. So those are those are some really fun ones. They... They don't do like a music to planetarium like some other science centers do. So, um, the Viking, I really actually want to take them to, now that we've been to Alaska, I really want to take them to the Light of the Valkyries. Cause actually Zoe's really into, um, Wagner's Light of the Valkyries piece. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I think she'd really get a kick out of that. Um, they also learned a lot in the Water is Life. They also learned a lot about the constellations, too, which was really neat. 
Um, Centered mm-hmm. in the Universe also talks about the Library of Alexander, Alexandria, um, Galileo's Courtyard, etc. So those are some really, really fascinating, fascinating looks at things. Um, the first showtime, Tuesday through Friday, is 1245. Um, the first showtime is 1045 on Saturday and Sunday. And then also the, for the later shows, like the, like the 415 on up, um, be aware tickets for those don't go on sale until like 330, um, for the 415, 515, 615. And they don't go on sale until 7 PM for the 745 and 845 ones. And same when the weekends. So if you want something later, just keep in mind that the, the tickets go on sale like around an hour before showtime, an hour to two hours before showtime. And this year, this year, the Griffith Observatory is 80 years old since, you know, they did um, build it in 1935. Yeah. And you were talking about the extensive uh, refurbishment that it did. It was a yes. five-year, uh, they made it seismic mm-hmm. uh, worthy. And it took them five years to do that. I remember it. I think it reopened again in, 20, in 2005 because I was waiting. With well, and that. let's talk, too, about the additions of the, the, big, the new big mm-hmm. gift shop and the cafe. I mm-hmm. was very, very impressed with their gift shop as well as their cafe. The cafe is actually run by Wolfgang Puck and Wolfgang Puck Express. So they have mm-hmm. a lot of creative meals there. Um, you're not going to find too much plain food. There are hot dogs and hamburgers for kids, but there were salads galore. There was sushi. Um, there were Asian specialties. On the menu, um, as far, they had like two hot dishes as well as like, um, as well as like dog, a dog and a burger. Um, and then t- they also serve mac and cheese for kids and other, other vegetarian. Yeah, there's a hot vegetarian item. Like. Definitely, you know, mm-hmm. definitely not bland. Definitely right. not bland. Um, it's not filler food. No, it will cost you a pretty penny. I think I fed the three of us for almost thirty or thirty to forty dollars by the time drinks and and all that. So it'll cost you a pretty penny. But the gift shop has an amazing selection of you know, going across, you can spend a pretty penny there. They even have some of their publications. They have their own magazine that they put out. Um, and you can buy back issues, some back issues of that. Um, they have tons and tons of books, science experiment stuff. You name it, they have it. Jewelry. Um, just all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Definitely things to make your, your memorable visit even more memorable. So, in addition to the regular exhibits, I know that they also have um, special um, yes. exhibits. Yes, and we will seeing. talk about that too because one of the biggest and most specialist thing, specialist is that a word? Specialists is know, right? um, is the mm-hmm. fact that they have open public telescopes. And the public telescopes are available every evening that the observatory is open and the skies are clear. There are volunteers as well as um, employees that, you know, man these telescopes. And you can get in line and, and walk up and take a peek. Um, one, but didn't you say the park closes at dusk? Well, 10. No, 10. 
Oh, 10. 10. Okay. Um, at dusk, you can look at, you can look at the telescope before dusk. They, they have that area closed up, but they have an open area where you can walk in and look through a glass. Um, you know, you can basically fish tank it. Um, now they cut the line at 9.30 p.m. For, for the telescopes. There are two telescopes. There's the historic Zeiss telescope and the historic Celiostat, which is a solar telescope. Um, and then they sometimes have public telescopes on the lawn. Um, the Zeiss is the really big one, and if you're facing out over the hill, it's in the left rotunda. You'll see a, a three domes on top of the building, and it's the left side is the uh, the Zeiss. You can take the elevator up to the roof, so that's not a problem. It does have disabled access. It is a little hike if you take the stairs, which are off to the right side. Um, they have to complete the viewing by 9.45. Um, so the while the building closes at 10, um, all telescope viewing must be done by 9.45. And that's important. Now, one Saturday a month, they do hold um, free public star parties. And if, you, if you're not an astronomer geek, um, a star party is when people who are astronomy enthusiasts will bring their telescopes of all different sizes and configurations. And... Um, and they will have their telescopes set up for people to look at. Um, so you can check out all the different planets. Um, for instance, in remaining in this year, the next star parties are September 19th, October 17th, November 21st, and December 19th. Um, any specific information you might want from your trip, including um, hours of operation, um, or especially notices on closures for the observatory can be found at griffithobservatory.org. And in fact, they've got some, the reason I mentioned that is currently up on their website, they mentioned that they're going to have some routine service closures um, coming up soon in the near future in September for a couple days. So, um, so if this is something you're interested, if you have that kid who always wants to go to space, especially if you've, if, you know, as things get closer with Star Wars week, you know, Star Wars with the uh, special weekends and, and everything like that, mm -hmm. what a great way to tie in some LA culture and history to Star Wars. Speaking of history, Nancy, they also have once a month, the sunset walk and talk oh, event. And I didn't see that. That's where, um, yeah, you take a, they have a park ranger and a museum guide and you walk on the trail. And if anybody saw Yes Man with Jim Carrey, where he's with Zoe Deschanel and she's taking pic, has a photography class, it's that path that they go on. And what they do is they talk about the history of Griffith Park and the observatory in the evening as the sun sets. And then they start talking about what's visible in the sky. And, and as everybody knows, we have beautiful clear skies over Los Angeles. So you can see, I'm pretty sure the Milky Way and everything else. I'm kidding. But um, anyway, but they do have the, they do have an evening talk that goes there. It starts at around 745 to 8 o'clock once a month. And those uh, specific times and dates are on the website also. Oh, 
here's something else I forgot to mention. Um, there's free, actually free Wi-Fi outside the observatory. So when you take all those great pictures of the observatory and you just have to share them, they have free Wi-Fi on the exterior. And they actually have signs outside of it saying, but um, not inside. Have, go figure. Come. How, how long would you expect to take at the observatory? You know what? We were there for a, about three and a half to four hours. Wow. Um, but we went through each section and we talked a little bit about the exhibits. We also sat down through two presentations. We went to the planetarium okay. right. and then we did the comet program. So I would say definitely allow four hours. If you have a kid who's a science and uh, a science and space nut, maybe even five to six hours if they're going to actually read everything. The cool thing about the observatory, though, especially since it's free, you don't have to, if you don't have that amount of time, you can go over there for a couple of hours. Yep. I have taken people there and because I always want to show everybody that pendulum just because I think it's so cool. And I remember taking, I think it was, it was a couple of our desert friends and I took them up there thinking that we were going to just pop in, see a couple of exhibits. We spent, we were there for a minimum of two hours because they thought it was so interesting. I have taken other people there and half hour they're ready to go. Mm. And because of that, um, I recommend, I know that Nancy talked about parking on the hill, which is a fact that you'll have to park on the hill. But if you get there, I recommend getting there a little bit before 10 o'clock so that you can park up at the parking lot. When I get there a little early in the day, I have no problem parking up on top of the parking lot. When I get there later in the day, yeah. it's almost guaranteed. They won't even let you up in the parking lot. They'll make you park alongside the, the hill. And if you have no issues walking, then great. Park on the side and walk up. But if you're there with somebody who is going to need... um you know, a little bit has a cane or needs more time to walk or yeah. needs to be have a more easy time of walking, then go early in the day so you can avoid having to do that. It's beautiful up there. You can see the Hollywood sign from up yep. there, which is another cool thing. Where Nancy was talking about the terraces, where the verandas that give you the view, it's so much fun to sit there and point out those, the landmarks in Los Angeles. We sit there and we point out where the LAX airport is, where Santa Monica is, Hollywood. You can see downtown LA below yep. you. Um, Palos Verdes Peninsula. We've even tried to pinpoint where we think um, Disneyland is, you know, based on how what the landscape yeah. looks like. And it's it's a lot of it's a there's so much to do up there. Like Nancy said, um, I'm glad you said uh, sometimes like four to five hours, Nancy, because if you want to take advantage. They really did a good job with the Griffith Park Observatory. Yeah. And if you take your time to go through those exhibits like Nancy did, I think you'll have a, a very rewarding experience. Some people go there in the daytime and they go back in the evening to take advantage of the evening right. things. Or you could, can, I mean, you could set other stuff at the, in Griffith Park as well. Yep. That's very true. You can, uh, take a break off from that and head down the hill and, um, oh, play. If you do, it, no, no, it's okay. Awesome. I was gonna say play around to golf, you know, <laughs> which well, you could do the, theoretically, the is, or go down and see the barn, well, and then, you know, go see the trains and. Yeah, but the, if you're gonna do that, mm -hmm. it's not right there. You have you're gonna have to drive around the hill to get to the carousel. Uh, 
So it's, that's true. When you drive down the hill, right? When you drive down the hill, the um, uh, Greek theaters there—they have a park for picnics. Mm-hmm. They have a bird sanctuary that you can take a little walk. It's not even a hike; it's a little walk through the bird sanctuary. All of that is really close. Yeah. And another thing that people do is remember when Nancy and I went horseback riding and we to the overlook where we saw the Hollywood sign. Right. You can also hike. They have a really nice trail. That takes you up to that look. So if you go early in the morning, you can hike up to the overlook to see the Hollywood sign, which is a lot of urban, so the local people do that. They go up there and you get a beautiful view of LA. Whether you do that in the evening when the lights start coming on or you do that in the morning and then go to the observatory, it's a, it's a wonderful way to have to spend your day. Very cool. Anything else to add, Nancy? Uh, you know, if you can't get that perfect shot, here's a couple of, a couple of little don't miss things. If you can't get that perfect shot of your family in front of the Griffith Park Observatory, you just can't fill it all in in your camera view. Rest assured, when you get down to the bottom of that big staircase I told you about, right by that little information desk, um, there is a beautiful big old giant picture that you can stand in front of. (laughs) Nobody will know the difference. I was going to say a green screen. (laughs) (laughs) It's really fun. I took a picture of my daughter's class there and it was, it was great. You know, uh, it, it was a great way to get everybody in. And while it's, you know, cheesy, it's still something that it's a view you can't get on your own, especially there. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention is right there by the Cosmic Connections is a really, really cool and definitely confusing um, copy of the Aztec calendar. Or the Mayan calendar. Yes. Is Aztec or the Mayan? Hang on. I'm pretty sure it's Aztec calendar, right? Yeah, it it's just completely yes, it's the Aztec calendar, and mm-hmm. I I was just completely befuddled by it. I think it was really the first time I had put the entire thing in context. You know, we always talk about like the Aztec calendar, the Mayan calendar, blah blah blah, and you know, so many days. Looking at it, I have no clue how they figured that out. <laughs> it, but it it really is kind of we all just sat there for a while at it and stared and and just couldn't quite figure it out and i know it has things to do with moon phases and this and that and the other thing but it it's one of those kind of cool things i'd like to really do a little more um a little more reading on and one other thing um i know it's sort of an odd topic inside the rotunda look up because they have yeah. the, this most amazing mural. Yeah. But some of the kids we were with were not prepared exactly for the um, freedom of body expression. That is, <laughs> you know, they took a lot of traditional art style for mural painting. I don't want to say they took Italian Renaissance style because they definitely didn't. It's much more modern than that. But it's definitely all of the... Grecian and Roman look at the world through bodies. Yeah. And this is the classical celestial mythology. Yes, bingo. And and so be prepared for that. I I wasn't expecting to get that from 
some of the kids I was with, but then I remember that I, not everybody is raised with the same level of education or, or, you know, cultural exposure. Yes. Yes. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) All right. Based on coming from Disneyland to the Griffith Observatory, what day of the week and or what time of day would you recommend based on traffic? (sighs) Let's see. Getting out of Orange County, you're going to come up Interstate 5. So you're going to run into traffic in the morning all the way through. So I would say come up more like around 11. You know, between 10.30 and 11. You're talking weekdays? We, during the weekdays, I would I would definitely come up. Because the weekday traffic is going to be heaviest going towards Los Angeles City. from or downtown. Yeah, toward downtown. Yeah. Once you get past downtown, it's going to be a breeze. Right. But going towards downtown in the mornings is bad. Okay. And then, of course... What, Nancy... Hmm? What do you, Nancy? What do you think about if they went the, took the five to the ninety one to the one ten, instead of taking the five up to the Griffith Observatory? The one ten's going to still be pretty. You're going to run into take- you're going to run into different sorts. I mean, you're still going to have that heavy traffic going straight into downtown on the one ten. And th- since they've changed those carpool lanes on the one ten. Because now it's um, now it uses that e pass or whatever. Oh my gosh, you're right. So the carpool yeah. lanes even aren't even available just for people who are a number of people in the lanes. They're actually a toll pass now. Okay, so without traffic, I I'd say um, the five you're at forty five minutes. No, that's without traffic. Yeah, it's forty five minutes because it's thirty three miles. But with traffic, Nancy? With traffic, I would oh, allow yourself definitely at least an hour and a half or more yeah. going up. At least an hour and a half, maybe two hours just to be sure. But, you know, it can flux. Welcome to Los Angeles. It can flux. So maybe weekends it, would Weekends be would probably be better. Um, the, it opens earlier, and there's no major traffic earlier. Sunday would I be great. People up at the Disneyland hotel. Yeah, Sunday Sunday's is fabulous. Great. Saturday is just as well too. I've picked people up on Saturdays at at nine a.m. and we're up there before ten yeah. or by ten, easily. I don't think I've done it during the. I'm trying to remember if I've done it during the week, but I'm um, I'm pretty sure that on Saturdays it's not going to take. Um, right. Yeah, just knowing how my drive down there, um, down to Disneyland is during the week, I would definitely say Mm -hmm. that from what I have observed, I would definitely not chance it. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, my job. That is going to do it for the segment of the Does Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember... Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.